you may be seated. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you want a miracle from God, you come to the right place. This is a miracle seminar, a three-day miracle seminar. Now, thank you. When you come to Dallas, Texas, you never know. I came here last year one time for four days and stayed 60-some nights. I spoke 50, I think 54 times on the 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians and never did get finished. <laughs> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everybody say, the, everybody say Jesus. Jesus is a miracle worker. Is a miracle worker. And every church, every church that, don't know that, that don't know that is sick. It's all right to belong to a sick church as long as you don't need anything. <laughs> but when cancer, when the cold, if the cold, clammy death hands of cancer comes and fastens claws into your flesh and says, I want you. Where are you going to go to? You're going to go to that old cold church you put all your money in and years of your life in? Is that where you're going to go to? Why are you going to go there for? They don't know anything. You're not going to get healed there. You might as well know that. You're not going to get healed there. The Lord don't perform miracles there. You've been going there for 25 years and never saw a cripple walk off yet. Why do you think it healed you? You get a heal from God by knowledge. You get a miracle from God by knowledge. You have to have miracle knowledge to receive a miracle from God. You cannot receive a miracle from God by having love knowledge or having nice knowledge that you believe God is nice and he loves the human race. That is true. God is nice and he loves the human race. But that's not the way you receive a miracle. That's general faith. God does not heal people through general faith. God demands that every church and every human being have in their spirit and express with their mouth specific faith without shame. And then you can have your miracle. And then only can you have it. Then can you have your healing. And then only can you have your healing. You have to live with the kind of gospel that you preach yourself. And that's what you get from heaven too. You don't get some other kind of gospel. You're not going to get Roy or Roberts' kind of gospel from heaven. He gets his kind of gospel. You have to live with your own version of God. 
But it's very easy to make up your mind to believe the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John rather than just believe something in general that somebody told you back sometime in your life and uh, that God uh, is nice and uh, might heal you, maybe. It's just as easy to look down and say, I'm going to believe every word I read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I am going to start reading the Bible in the book of Matthew, and first of all, I'm going to read it through the four Gospels. I'm going to read every, and I'm going to believe every word I read. That's what I told God. That's what I tried to believe. Do you know, after God had come to get me and wanted me to work for Him and wanted to call me, uh, I wanted to believe the Bible, naturally, if you're going to represent God, it's good to believe the Bible. I, want, I wanted to believe the Bible, but I found out when I started believing the Bible, I couldn't believe it. Do you know that most people can't believe the Bible? They can't. They want to, but they can't. They would have liked to see the same Jesus in the New Testament, but they don't. You can't believe the Bible just because you want to. The Bible is spiritually understood. The Bible is not naturally understood. The Bible is spiritually understood. You have to believe what you read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they are spiritual. Your church services, whatever church you may go to, or your own personal version of God might not be too spiritual. Because, see, in the vocabulary of your faith, you might possibly have some ifs and buts and maybes in there. And so when you have that in there, that just cuts you off from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That cuts you off from the world of faith. That cuts you off from believing the book of Hebrews. Cuts you totally off. And then when you're cut off, then cancer will rule and reign in your body and do its work in the time that the devil sets for it. And it will wind up sapping the life of God out of you because it works in your flesh. It comes to destroy the house you live in. It comes to destroy you. And a lot of other diseases come to destroy you. Well, is there a way that that can be stopped? <laughs> Get this straight once and for all. There is a way that you can have victory for everything in the whole world. There was a man one time that paid the price that walked the earth and paid the price. When he spoke in churches, they made fun of him. When he had prayed for people, they'd want to kill him. When he brought heaven's blessing to the earth, they made fun of him, rejected him, and wanted to kill him. He said, well, I'm sure that, glad that people are not like that now. 
but uh, the problem is they are like that now. That's the problem. God still has that problem on the earth. They are like that now. And they'll always be like that until they begin to believe what the Bible says and actually believe about Jesus, what they read in the New Testament, instead of what they think about him with their head. They actually will believe what they read about him. And they will begin to get a spirit of authority on the inside of them and a spirit of boldness on the inside of them and get a foundation of Hebrews faith on the inside of them. You know, some people have their own faith. Well, your own faith don't work. Only Hebrews kind of faith that works. You have to believe you got it before you get it, and then you'll get it. Faith is not seen. You have to be able to thank God for the answer before you ever get the answer. And you have to be able to thank him out loud for the answer before you ever get it. Faith is not seen. And God plainly tells you, forget not to give God thanks for everything. God likes to hear thanks boiling up out of your spirit and up out of your mouth and boiling up into heaven. If you want something from God, you want God Almighty to perform a miracle for you, ask him in Jesus' name, and then begin to thank him for it continually every day. Every day, every day. Let God hear thanks coming out of your mouth up into heaven every day. Several times a day, now you better not miss this, several times a day, let God Almighty hear thanks for a portion of his word coming out of you up into heaven. And if you'll do that, it won't be but a few days or a few weeks until you'll get God's attention. You have to get God's attention for him to come to your house. Jesus is a miracle worker. You have to show God that you believe his son is a miracle worker. You can't have one spark of shame in you whatsoever, anywhere, in your vocabulary, in your mind, in your thinking. You can't have one spark of unbelief and one spark of doubt or one spark of wondering if God will ever do it for you or not. As long as you wonder if God will ever do it for you or not, he won't. In the world of faith, there is no wondering. God used the word only. Only believe, not only and wondering. Not only and maybe. And not only and but if I. Only believe and thou shalt see the glory of God. And if they don't see the glory of God, they don't believe. Only believe and thou shalt see it. Do you believe the Lord's a liar? Well, no, he's not a liar. Only believe and thou shalt see the glory of God. Well, have you seen the glory of God for what you want? No. Well, start believing him. Well, I'm trying to believe. The graveyard is full of people that tried to believe. You don't try to believe, you believe. And you act like you believe. 
You say, well, I, 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 I believe. No, you don't believe unless you act like you've got it after the prayer and talk like you've got it after the prayer. You do not believe. You may have some kind of head knowledge or some kind of head version of God and what you think about God, but it doesn't make a difference what you think about God. What you think about God means 15 cents worth of nothing. Doesn't change God or Jesus or the Holy Ghost or Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what you think about it. Doesn't change God regardless of what you think about anything. You didn't write the Bible and you have no part to play in it. God's behind the Bible, not you. You have a right to claim it for yourself and get the goodness of God through the Word of God. Yourself, you have a right to claim it, but you don't confirm the Word with signs following. God confirms the Word with signs following. And God plainly tells you, forget not to give him thanks for everything. And everything that he's promised you in the whole Bible, everything that Jesus is, if you forget to give him thanks for it, before you ever get it, he forgets to give it to you. Did you get that? You ought to get that. It'll make you rich. It'll make you healthy. It'll make you have patience. It'll make you full of joy. You ought to get that then you ought to take inventory of what you've been sitting around thanking God for. You say, what do you mean what I've been sitting around thanking God for? Brother Norval, I haven't been sitting around thanking God for nothing. That's the reason you're a scuzzball. <laughs> what does that mean? That means a miserable mess. Well, that means wanting a lot of things, but you're not getting them. But they are available for you. You can have anything you want from God. You can have anything you want from God. Do you understand that? <clears throat> you can have anything you want from God. My daughter, oh, she used to, the devil, she used to be anorexia, and the devil put stuff on her, and she vomited every day, and you live five or six times a week, and mostly every day for three or four years. And I kept on telling her, I said, you've got to do your own confessions on her. You got to do your own confessions on her. I mean, it's a, it, it's, a, it's a crazy mess. You take a daughter out to eat and you buy her a $15 steak. She gets through the steak and she gets through eating and she goes to the bathroom. I said, oh no, you didn't. She said, yes, I did. I said, well, I ought have bought you a hamburger. <laughs> Three or four years all the time. Can you believe that? And I kept on. I kept on at her for four years, didn't I, Zona? She said, yeah, yeah. I, kept on. I said, Zona, you have to confess, honey. You have to confess yourself. You have to take authority over it yourself. I said, why are you letting the devil do that? I said, I feel so bad for you. I said, but honey, you're grown and you're married and my faith won't work in full for you no more. I mean, I got that great healing for you about those growths on your body. And God's power come in my house and wiped them all off of you and put new skin up on you right in my house about five o'clock one afternoon. But my faith got that for you, honey, while you're just going to high school. But you're married now. You don't live under my roof now. My faith will only work for you in part. Get that straight, parents. Get that straight, spiritual workers, workers for God, works from house to house. Your faith won't carry another family fully. Your faith only works in part for them. If two or more agreeing, asking it shall be done. What does that mean? That means the per you and the person you're praying for. Two of you. Not one. 
If two or more ask him anything, it shall be done. Not one, two of you or more. You can't go around, well, I, I'm going to pray for so-and-so, and I'm going to stand in the gap, and they're going to get healed. No, they're not. Forget it. No, they're not going to. Well, I know they're dying of the disease, but I'm going to stand in the gap for them, and God's going to heal them through my faith. No, he's not. Forget it. He's not going to do it. And if he does heal them because you lay hands up on them in Jesus' name, regardless of what they believe, if they don't believe it after you pray for them, now they can get a touch from God and get a temporary healing, but if, you, if they don't believe it themselves, after you leave and start thanking God for it, every time, just check up on your own customers. <laughs> every time, it'll come back up on them. Every time. I mean, God, you may walk in a house and lay your hands up on somebody in Jesus' name, and God may heal them, and they stay healed for a month or two. I know a woman said healed for two years. She walked in one day, a miserable, wretched mess. And she said, oh my God, told me and Kenneth Hagin, she says, oh God, she says, I went to Catherine Kuhlman's service, sitting out in the audience, and the Spirit of God fell on me, and healed me, I was dying of the disease, and healed me completely, and I'm just sitting out there, and healed me completely, and, and I stayed healed for two years. And now the same disease has come back up on me again, and it's worse now than it was before. What am I supposed to do? Well, you already know what me and Brother Hagin told her to do. I tell him all that, and he does too. I learned it from him. <laughs> you know? You have to sit down and take the Word of God and teach them what they must say and teach them how to keep their own healing. You have to talk to mountains. Jesus said, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. And the only reason you're not healed is because you yourself, you have not been talking to mountains with authority. You have to talk to mountains with authority, my brother and sister. A mountain, when God says a mountain, he don't mean a hill with a bunch of trees on it. He means whatever's bugging you. I don't know what it is, but you do. You know what it is. But he's a miracle worker, and he's a healer. And he wants you to believe that. If you have your Bibles, open with me tonight to the book of Luke chapter 9, please. Everybody say, Jesus, Jesus. is a miracle worker. Now, I want you to get that straight. He is a miracle worker. And <clears throat> not wonder if you perform a miracle for me or not. He's a miracle worker all the time. When you get in the right channel of faith, you got it. <clears throat> Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bless the name of the Lord. <clears throat> I mean, Herod, the same king that killed John the Baptist, cut his head off. He didn't really want to, but rather than break his word, when the girl danced, why, he told her, you can have anything you want. She said, I want the head of John the Baptist, and he didn't want to do that. But to keep his word in front of face, in front of the party, he had to do it, so he didn't want to do it. Because he believed that John was a prophet of God. King Herod believed that John was a prophet of God. He knew there's something different about him. He had a suspicious mind. And he just didn't want to cut off John the Baptist's head, but he did. But after he cut off John the Baptist's head, then Jesus came into his ministry, 
and begin to perform miracles and people begin to get healed and crowds of people begin to gather around him. If you'll notice here in verse 9, in chapter 9 of the book of Luke, ver notice verse 9. And Herod said, John have I beheaded, but who is this? Of whom I hear such things. And he desired to see him. And the apostles, when they were returned, told him, told Jesus all that they had done. And he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. And the people, when they knew it, followed him, and he received them, and spake unto them of the kingdom of God, and healed them that had need of healing. Uh, are you here tonight and have need of healing? Well, get this straight. Jesus has never changed and he'll heal you. Jesus said a New Testament church, a church that I build, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You don't supposed to go to church sick and go home sick. And if that's what you get in the church you go to, find some other church, bless God forever, find somewhere. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And heal them that had need of healing. Remember, Jesus heals all the time. Every Sunday or every Saturday night, it don't make any difference to him. He is a healer. Everybody say that. He is Jesus is a miracle worker. Now let that vocabulary stay in you and confess that he is that. 24 hours a day, confess it every day of your life, and then when you want a healing and you need a miracle, then you'll, you, you, if you confess it long enough, see, any kind of words that God's already spoke out of his mouth coming from his word, if you will confess it long enough, you'll get to, you'll get to believe in it yourself. Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now your own human spirit may be untrained in some of the things that I'm saying to you, might seem a little far off to you. And it may be a little tough on your mind, a little tough on your spirit to believe that. But if I can get you to quote the scriptures along that line and claim it in Jesus' name and confess that Jesus is my healer, Jesus is the healer of the human race. He's not maybe, but, or if. He's a healer. He is a healer, regardless of how I look at him. Jesus is a healer. And confess he's your own personal healer. And say, Jesus is a miracle worker. He is my own personal miracle worker. And you confess those things every day, every day, every day. Confess them every week. See, after a while, maybe not to begin with, maybe not to begin with, maybe not to begin with, but after a while, you'll get to believe in it yourself. And when you get to believe in it yourself, and then you need a miracle from God, it'll be easy for you to get one, because you'll just pay the price to get it. And always remember, you're not going to get a miracle from God unless you pay the price to get it. And the, the, the price you have to pay to get it is faith. Faith and believing. But you don't believe. You say, well, I believe. No, you don't. You don't believe. Now, you might head believe or religiously believe, but you don't Bible believe unless you thank God for it in advance before you get it, unless you act like you've got it, unless you talk like you've got it. There's two ingredients that all human beings must have to be a Bible believer. You may be a believer, but that doesn't mean 15 cents worth of nothing. You have to be a Bible believer to get blessings from heaven. Heaven is where all the victory is at. 
and it'll come down to earth to you. But it's not easy to get things from heaven down to earth and they do not come cheap, none of them. You have to pay the price. You have to pay the price. You have to pay the price. Like Bob said tonight on the air thing, they gave up too quick. God says in the Old, New, Old Testament and the New Testament both, don't give up, just keep on in Jesus' name believing until you can consume the devil. I mean consume the dumb thing. Until where cancer, confess God's word until your eyes are like a fire of flint and your tongue has got words of boldness and words of truth where you can look at cancer and it looks like a half-sick bluebird. You got to do it. And if you don't do it, if you don't thank God for victory and confess victory and confess, you're not going to get anything. You're going to die and your relatives are going to die and the people around you are going to die because you're as sick as they are. And as long as you're weak, you can't help me a person because I always remember this, God does not bless weak people. God says for the strong to help the weak. And God said if you are weak, then let them that are weak say they are strong. You have to say you're strong. You have to say you're strong. But there's two ingredients that you must have to be a believer, a Bible believer. You must act like you've got it and talk like you've got it. You're not a Bible believer unless you act like you've got it and talk like you've got it. You say, well, I believe the Bible, Brother Noah. Well, I ought to know if I believe the Bible or not. I know you ought to, but you don't. You ought to know if you believe the Bible or not, but you don't. Words are cheap, and it's very easy to say, I believe the Bible. No, you don't. You got a bit more believe the Bible than a goose in a snowstorm. <laughs> you don't believe the Bible. Every word in the Bible is true. Every word in the Bible is victory. You can have victory if you want it. There is no lies in the Bible, and it's, it's, as sure, it's more sure that I'm standing here looking at you that if you'll believe a verse of Scripture that Jesus is your healer, that he will come to your house and heal you. It's more sure, it's more sure for you personally than you see me standing here. You say, well, Brother Norville, why don't he then? That's a good question. Why don't he? Does it everybody? No. Does it very many people? No. Why don't he? Because you don't believe right. You have to talk like you've got it and act like you've got it. If you don't talk like you've got it and act like you've got it before you ever get it, he's not coming. And you might as well know that. He's not coming. You'll just have to live and have your being and wallow around in your own religious ideas about God and just, well, uh, the Lord knows I love Him and uh, He has His own ways of doing things and, uh, well, uh, we'll just believe and uh, let it turn out like it wants to and uh, whatever happens, uh, we'll just praise the Lord for it. You only have one problem. You're as stupid as the devil. I mean, you ought to be sitting on the last row of the dunch row in school. You're not going to get God to do anything for you like that. <laughs> and do you know that's the way most all churches believe? Especially the ones that are ashamed to have healing lines and pray for the sick. Nearly all the churches in Dallas, Texas believe that way. And your town too. Well, I mean, you know, God's God, and if he wants to do it, he will, you know, and we have our own way of doing things. Yeah, but if you have your own way of doing things, and I always remember this, 
if Jesus don't come and be himself to you, then your way of doing things is sick. That means wrong. But I got news for you. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is not sick. Blessed be God forever. You have to get the truth inside of your spirit. If you don't get the truth of God's word and the truth about Jesus inside of your spirit, you're not going to ever confess who he really is, and you're not going to ever confess the truth out of you. It has to be inside of you first. If, you're not, if it's not inside of you, then it's not going to ever come out of you. That's the reason I have a Bible college in Cleveland, Tennessee, to teach the truth. To endeavor to get God's word on the inside of people. To build a foundation in them that they can be believers themselves. Everybody has a right to believe the Bible. Everybody has a right, everybody has a right to have the blessing of God come to them. <clears throat> but your attitude and your confession has got to be right concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot have a warped version of Jesus and expect him to straighten your crooked legs out. You cannot, you cannot have a warped version of him and expect his name to smite that cancer. As an assembly of God church here some time ago, praying in a healing line one Sunday night after I spoke, the assembly of God church done in Mississippi. I came to this guy. He had skin cancer all over him skin cancer. He looked at me and he says, Sir, I have this skin cancer all over me and I don't want it. I said, he said, he looked at me so humble and he says, I want Jesus to heal me. I said, he will. Skin cancer in Jesus' name, I curse you and I command you, disappear. Thank you, Lord. And I'm preparing for the other ones. And so when I got through saying the last word, it was on there just like it was. And he turned around like this. He just turned around like this in the front row of seats. He turned around like this and went back to the front row of seats like this to sit down. And he sat down and looked down at his hands like this and started to sit down. And he went, Ow! <laughs> My God, look at me, people. Look at me. 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 All the skin cancer has disappeared and new skin has come up on me. An assembly of God church? Yes, an assembly of God church. Well, Brother Noble, you was raised as Baptist. Did you ever see that, see that happen in a Baptist church? No. <laughs> in the first Baptist church, well, would the Lord Jesus like, like to do that in the Baptist church? Oh, he'd love to do it in the Baptist church. Well, I saw it in the first Baptist church one night in New York when I was speaking there. I was going to hold a seminar in New York and they wanted me to come and speak at the First Baptist Church because I was raised as Baptist and wanted me to come. <laughs> Since I've got my doctor's degree now, I ought to just use that title all the time so I can get in a lot of Baptist churches. <laughs> if I'd use the doctor in front of my name, I'd probably get in a lot of Baptist churches. Glory to God forever. But that night, when I went to speak at the First Baptist Church, I was praying in the afternoon about what to speak on, and the Lord said, take a bottle of oil with you. They don't have any. 
I said, is that right? I said, Lord, you know, like I was, you know, like I didn't know, you know, I wanted to, Lord, what do you want me to speak on tonight? You know what I want you to speak on. You know what oil covers. It's James 5, 14, 15. You're not that dumb. <laughs> you know exactly what I want you to speak on. And all of a sudden, James 5, 14, 15 went, whoosh. You know exactly what I want you to speak on. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be nice at the First Baptist Church because I helped build the thing, you know, you know one of them. And I, I wanted to be nice at the First Baptist Church, but uh, I thought being nice was uh, just telling something, you know, that's nice about the Lord. But Jesus thought being nice to Baptists was reading them and teaching them, James 5, 14 and 15, and then getting out a bottle of oil and open it and say, all of you sick Baptists, uh, come and get it. And I did. I must say that night in New York, I taught a masterpiece based on James 5, 14 and 15. It was absolutely a masterpiece. I couldn't even believe I could teach that good. <laughs> I mean, it come out of me just like a professional doctor. Dear God. I mean, I made that bunch feel so bad if they didn't believe James 5, 14 and 15. I told them that all Baptists believe the New Testament. I told them if you didn't believe every word in the New Testament, you could not be a good Baptist. <laughs> Southern Baptists had taught me if you didn't believe the Bible, you were not a good Baptist. And I said, if you don't believe every word in the New Testament, you can't be a good Baptist. I said, how many of you believe that? And they'll, they'll all hold their hand, every one of them. <laughs> then after I built them up for a long time, Got them, got, I got them believing they were New Testament believers. I got them confessing. I believe every word in the New Testament. Then I read James 5, 14, 15 to them. <laughs> then I got them to confessing James 5, 14, 15 is in the New Testament. I mean, it's nothing. They preach themselves under conviction. <laughs> and all of you sick that believe the New Testament, if you don't believe the New Testament, don't come down here, please. But remember now, if you don't believe the New Testament, you're not a good Baptist and you ought to join the Methodists or somewhere. If, you're not, if you don't believe the New Testament, you ought to leave this church and get out of the Baptist church and go somewhere else because Baptists believe the New Testament, don't you? And they go, oh yeah. <laughs> and I call them down. I mean, they lined up all the way across. First Baptist church, can you believe that? Never, they never seen anything like it before in their life. This little, this little teeny Pentecostal girl, about 16 years old, in the house where I was staying, I was staying with her father and mother, and this little cute Pentecostal girl, about 16 years old, I said, honey, do you have any oil, little darling? She says, yes. I said, I want you to put a bottle of oil in your, your pocketbook, and tonight at the First Baptist Church, when I call you up front, I want you to come up front and follow me. She said, I said, are you going to the service tonight at the First Baptist Church where I'm going to speak? She said, I wouldn't miss it for nothing. <laughs> Laughter 
She said, <laughs> she said, Brother Noble, you want me to take all of the First Baptist Church in my pocketbook? I said, yes. She said, Brother Noah, what are you going to do? I said, none of your business. I don't want you to get nervous too. I said, I command you, little darling, obey me. Get some oil and put in your pocketbook and sit there in the First Baptist Church and be nice and I'll call you. She said, oh, I can't wait till tonight. When I called her, she came. They lined up, and I began to anoint them with oil. And it just happened to be one of these heavy anointed nights. And every person I prayed with that night, God slayed them in the floor <laughs> in the First Baptist Church. In the floor, and I anointed them all with oil gently and did it real sweet that you couldn't doubt it. And the moment I anointed them with oil, God would lay them out on the floor, Catholic nuns and all. And then I, they all looked like they were dead. It wasn't one of these times they fall on the floor and get up real quick. None of them got up. <laughs> Brother, when God lays out Baptists, he lays them out. <laughs> and there's one of these fancy churches, you know, with two pulpits. One of these fancy churches with two pulpits, so I had no more room in the altar. So I called the rest of them on to be prayed for up on this stage. The stage is about five times as big as this one with two pulpits, one over here and one over here. And so I prayed for them, and bodies were all over the stage everywhere. And I prayed for the, the last ones who were standing there, and they were all laying. I could not get back to the pulpit. <laughs> and I'm praying for this one, and the Lord says, now give an invitation for salvation. <laughs> I thought, well, how am I going back to get back to the pulpit? They're laying everywhere. So I find me a spot here, and then I would, I'd, I, I would spot another spot between somebody's legs, and I'd go, <laughs> I finally got to the pulpit, and they all looked like they were dead, and I gave an invitation for salvation. And five people came forth to get saved. I took them to the sinner's prayer. And I got to the part that says, Thank you, Lord, for saving me. I accept you by faith. And they said, Thank you, Jesus, for saving me tonight and writing my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. I accept you by faith. And they fell flat on the floor. It's the only time in my life, uh, the only time in my life that I've ever given a salvation invitation and everybody fell flat on the floor, just fell flat on the floor and they said, I accept you by faith. I mean, that was a falling out night. <laughs> and then all these bodies laying around, you know, salvation, healing, and miracles all laying around the floor like they were dead. And I turned around and I said, <clears throat> Pastor, the service is yours. And he, he stood there and went, <laughs> looked up at me and goes, <laughs> and I walked off and he just, he, he, wanted, to, he, he wanted to leave with me. He said, he said, uh, uh, 
<laughs> you are dismissed. Lord, bless him on the way home. You are dismissed. He jumped off, got off the stage, and him and me and his wife was walking back through the church towards the office together, all three of us. I didn't know anything about this kind of stuff, but we were all three walking back through there. She says, Mr. Hayes, we've been praying for eight years in this church that God's power would come and visit us. And she says, tonight it came. Didn't it, honey? He said, yes, it did. And I've always wanted to live in Florida anyway. Blessed be the name of the Lord. <laughs> the Lord means if you have need for healing, you know, I, you can get healed. Jesus healed the ones that had need for healing. Notice verse 12. You haven't forgot about verse 12, have you? And when the day began to wire away after the ones that need healing that followed him, that got healed, and when the day began to wear away, in verse 12, in chapter 9 of the book of Luke, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away, that they may go into the towns and country round about, and lodge and get victuals, for we are here in a desert place. And he said unto them, Jesus said unto them, Jesus said unto them, Now you're not ready for this, but you're going to get it anyway. Give them to eat then. Now when the Bible says something to you, if you ever start questioning, but uh, when and when, and yeah, 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 uh, it don't work for you. If they would have said, when Jesus said, give you them to eat, if they would have turned around and got whatever food they had, it didn't make no difference what it had, if it just had been a hamburger. Whatever it was, I don't care what it was. If they had took that food and just started giving it to them to eat, they'd have never run out. They'd have sought themselves. But when you start questioning God and you act like you don't know what he's doing, you, you got problems. He got problems. Notice verse 13 again. But he said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And of course they said, We have no more but five loaves and two fishes, except we should go and buy meat for all this people. We'd have to go buy meat for all this people. For they were about 5,000 men, that's plus the women and children, 5,000 men. And he said unto his disciples, Make them set down by fifties in a company. And they did so, and made them all set down. Then he, Jesus, took the five loaves and the two fishes, and looking up to heaven, he blessed them, and brake and gave to the disciples to set before the multitude. Look up to heaven. Now get this straight. You've got to learn, my brother and sister, you better learn in your life. If you want something from God, look up to heaven and begin to give God thanks for it before you ever get it. 
And you'll get it every time. Every time, every time. Get that straight every time. That's all right. Bring her down here. Bring her down here. Now, all of you visitors, don't be afraid. It happens to me all the time. Thank you, Lord. You are bound, Satan, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Command her to be free in Jesus' name. Now then, now then. Just be quiet, honey. Be quiet, honey. Allah be quiet, Be quiet, Allah be quiet, honey. Allah be quiet, honey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, Father, Father, in Jesus' name, fill her body full of the Holy Ghost. 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 Fill her body full of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. Say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. There's a spirit. Be quiet. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I'm yours, Jesus. I'm yours, Jesus. I resist every spirit. I resist every spirit. Except the Holy Spirit. Except the Holy Spirit. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I'm yours, Jesus. I'm yours, Jesus. Make me strong. Make me strong. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. By faith. By faith, I receive you, Jesus. I receive you, Jesus. And your strength. And your strength. And your power. And your power. I am yours. I'm 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 yours. 
and yours. You are too, honey. We Don't worry about it. Be, be quiet. I know it, but you're not going to. You're not going to, honey. I know. Hadabakaya. I need a. I need a front seat here. Halakasaya. Sit right there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to get you something to eat after service, honey. We're going to love you. You sit right there, sweetheart. Don't worry about a thing. We're going to make sure you're taken care of. Don't worry about a thing, sweetheart. Don't you let those spirits get a hold of you, okay? Well, I want them to you be should... all leave me. Yeah, that's right. That's uh -uh. it. They are. Huh? They are, honey. I don't they are. I feel them. That's right. You're not going to feel them in Jesus' name. When they try to come back, I'm going to bind them. I'm going to teach you how to bind them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. It will in a little while. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Say that again. Thank you, Jesus, for having mercy on me. Say that again. Thank you, Jesus, for having mercy on me. Thank you, Jesus, for my miracle worker. You're my deliverer. You're my healer. Thank you, Jesus. That I have your mind. That's right, you have his mind. Thank you, Jesus. That's right. Did I have your mind. Now, then, see. Huh? Now the glory of the Lord's come up on her. See, and the Lord's begin to bless her. Thank you, Lord, for blessing her. In Jesus, Jesus' name be blessed, honey. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for filling her mind full of your power. I claim the mind of Christ to go in her in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you are a miracle worker. And you're the you're her miracle worker in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for fulfilling her life with all the good things that you provided for us. I claim the abundant life for her in Jesus' name. Blessed be God forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I just sit right there, sweetheart, and enjoy everything that you see going on. There's no harm going to come to you. Any devil tries to come back, I'll run it off. Don't be afraid. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God forever. Jesus is truth. Now, you're right there in chapter 9, aren't you? Of the book of Luke. You haven't forgot about that, have you? I didn't figure you had. All right. Now then, <clears throat> since you saw what you did, and uh, you need to read this verse of Scripture. And all pastors, now listen closely. I checked with the boys this afternoon. Tonight we got 1,980 churches hooked up to this with live audiences. 1,980 churches watching this on screen in this country and in other countries plus the hundreds of thousands of people watching it on satellite and the satellite network also in their homes in different parts of the world and probably many pastors watching sitting in the living room watching alright now you saw what happened well that happened in the New Testament all the time it happens to me all the time 
Sometimes I'll be presenting Jesus as Savior, or Jesus as Healer, or Jesus as Miracle Worker that multiplied the bread and the fishes for the multitude on the mountain. And sometimes devils will stand up and say, Oh, I hate you! Sometimes you'd be surprised what'll happen. Well, see, devils will whitewash your mind. They'll tell you that the Lord has changed, that he's not really like now what he was in those days. But the thing of it is, you have to understand this, he hasn't changed, and he's exactly like he would now as he was then. He will multiply the fishes and the bread for you now. He hasn't changed. He'll give you a miracle now, whatever miracle you need. All of you don't need fishes and bread multiplied. I can tell by looking at you. <laughs> you don't need any fishes and bread. You need freedom and patience and contentment. But whatever miracle you need, God will give it to you. Notice chapter 9 in the book of Luke. Notice verse 1. Then he, meaning Jesus, he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. <laughs> now most all the pastors that's watching this on satellite in the churches, they believe that. Some of them might not, but they will now. And all of you pastors that's looking, all of you pastors across the different parts of the world that's looking in now at your home on the television screen, what you saw happen here tonight, you can do that as well as I can. You just have to train your ushers to bring them down front. <laughs> I mean, carry them bodily down front, just like they carried her through the air, let four or five of them get a hold of her, kicking and screaming and everything else to carry her down front. You might say, well, I wouldn't know what to do. Well, you'll know now. You understand that? You just got a college education. I sign your degree right now that you are graduating. All you need is Jesus' name and authority. And authority? Jesus said, I give you power and authority over all devils and cure diseases. Now, did you notice and watch the way I treated that devil? Now get this straight once and for all, churches, pastors, workers, that's exactly the way you treat cancer. And you better understand that. In fact, cancer is worse than that. If you don't treat cancer exactly on the same level as you would a rattlesnake, it will kill you, and you'll die too. You might as well know that, you'll die. God didn't give you power and authority to be nice to any devil. Cancer is only a name that's got some English words to it, which means nothing. Medical science call it cancer. I call it devils. Jesus himself gives no human being diseases. There are no diseases in heaven. Diseases does not come from heaven. There's not any there. 
Diseases come from the devil. There's only two. It's either, it's either God or the devil. There's nothing else. There's not God and the devil and this and that. No, no. No, God is the boss and gives light. And the devil is the boss of darkness and gives evil. And everything that comes to your life, your children, your mind, your body that's destroying and evil comes from the hand of the devil. The Bible says that all good things come to you, come down from the Father of lights. Come down from heaven from the Father of lights. Because God loves you. And he loves hungry people. He loves sick people. He loves people that needs a miracle. And he wants to give them one that needs a miracle. And in verse 16 of the ninth chapter of the book of Mark, I mean Luke, then he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he blessed them and break and gave the multitude, gave the, to the disciples to, to set before the multitude. And they did eat and were all filled and there was taken up of fragments that remained to them twelve baskets full. Now listen closely. That's what you call a miracle, my brother and sister. A miracle. You understand that? That's what you call a miracle. When I prayed in the Assembly of God Church for the fellow had cancer all over his skin, skin cancer, and I said, I, I curse you in Jesus' name, and I command you, skin cancer, die and disappear. And the stuff went, poop, and new skin come up on him in front of the church. That's what you call a miracle. Well, you don't let devils harm a beautiful girl like this, a sweet girl like that. You don't let devils take her over and harm her. You bind up the devil and make it. Well, what if she does that tomorrow? Well, I'll do the same thing again. Amen. What do you mean, what if she does that tomorrow? Sure, devils will try to come back. So let them try to come back. Who cares? In Jesus' name, I bind you. Come out of her, I said. And well, what if she come back the next day? Do the same thing. Do the same thing the next day. Well, what if they come back the next day? Do the same thing the next day. Well, what if they come back the next day? Do the same thing the next day. What if they come back and do the same thing the next day? And finally, when they see that you don't have any quitting sense, they'll just walk off and go, Ow! And then some other spirit will come along when they have their meeting and say, oh, you know, I'm going to you know, go down to that house and I'm going to try to give them cancer. Oh my God, don't go down there. They'll beat you to death every day. They'll beat you to death every day. <laughs> you have to show the devil that you have authority and power. Jesus said, I give you authority and power over all devils and to cure diseases. Does that act like that God lets people die with cancer? Authority and power over all devils and cure diseases. Is cancer a disease? Yeah. Well, then you can be cured. When? Tonight! Amen. Not next month. And God don't work part-time. He works here all the time. Amen. Blessed be the name of Jesus forever. Real quick, like in verse 18, and it came to pass as he was alone praying. His disciples were with him, and he asked them, saying, Whom say the people that I am? 
They answering and said, John the Baptist, but some say Elias, and others say that one of the old prophets is risen again. He said unto them, but whom say you that I am? Peter answering and said, the Christ of God. Now listen closely. The Christ of God. And he straightly charged them, Jesus did, and commanded them to tell no man that thing. Then he said to his disciples, Jesus did, now listen closely what kind of life he had to live. Say, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. Glory to God forever. And he said unto them, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, you, you will not do what I just did here and the men unless you deny yourself. You won't do that. You'll have your own version. You'll have your own backroom ministry, which most backroom ministries are sick. Not all of them every time, but uh, uh, God don't have anything to hide in the gospel, my brother and sister. The Bible plainly tells you that God wants his gospel on top of the table where the whole world can see it. God himself does not have any backroom ministries. Sometimes in special cases it's all right for the elders and somebody to take somebody in the back and counsel with them and pray with them. I'm not knocking that 100%, but I'm not agreeing with 100% either. It all depends on the case. But if you've got the power and the boldness, just bring them all down front. Why don't you let the church see it? I don't care if you have to pray for them two hours. Let the church see it. The church will always remain ignorant unless they see what's real. Let them see it. Now sometimes you have to make a person leave and certain things like that. You have to, you have to do that sometimes. I was taking up an offering one time for Brother Hagin in a meeting, you know, and they started making fun and all that kind of stuff, and we had the ushers to make them leave. But they were religious-minded people, you know. They'd printed up posters about Brother Hagin and the kind of car he drove and all that kind of stuff, you know. Well, people like that are nuts anyway, so you just have to, might as well make nuts leave. If they want to help from God, it's all right, you know, but people like that are goofy, so all goofy people ought to leave. So, now, listen closely. Listen closely, pastors. And pastors, before I release you to give an invitation for your church, you need to watch and listen and help me pray. I need all the churches that's watching. I need your prayers. I need to have your faith here. I'm sure you've got some people there that needs to be prayed for, but here in Dallas, when they found out across America that I was coming here for these meetings, they came. Now, one lady, one lady has got a disease that there's no hope for her. And she lives in Boston, my understanding. She lives in Boston. And she got a hold of my tape series, How to Live and Not Die. And the Lord has informed her if she come here and I pray for her, she'd be healed. That's my understanding. What I haven't talked to her yet. That's what somebody told me. And she had to go to the hospital last night and stay two hours and couldn't come to the services. The devil attacked her when she got in town, flew in here from Boston. So she's supposed to be here tonight. And so if she's here now, She's got to go back to the hospital just in a little while. If she's here now, bring her down here so I can pray for her right now. Is she here? Bring her down here. She's flew in from Boston to get healed. 
<clears throat> now all of you churches out there that's watching my Bible school in Cleveland, Tennessee, New Life Bible School students, I want you to stretch your hands out to that screen as I pray. I want you to agree with me. I want the 1980 churches to agree with me and people at home. Now the doctors and the medical science says there's no hope for this woman. But Jesus says there is. That's a big God forever. And I want you to agree with me. I'm going to lay hands on her and I'm going to curse the roots of this dumb thing in Jesus' name. Now, my daughter Zona is probably watching at her home right now and she knows this is the truth. Something got around with her body one time and she began to get knots and gross all over her. I prayed for her for five years and nothing didn't happen. She got worse. <clears throat> and the Lord talked to me about it one time and said, if you will curse the roots of those growths on her body in my name, they will die and disappear. If you'll believe and not doubt. I did that and I thank God for doing it for, for, for 40 days and all of a sudden after about 40 days, my daughter's watching right now, in high school covered with these warts and knots and growths, bleeding here and skin spit open, about 5 o'clock one day all of a sudden God's power out of heaven like the wind came in her bedroom where she is at as a high school girl and just whoosh, swept over her body. She didn't know what it was and looked down and she had all the split places had closed up. No growths had been on there for five years. All gone. All 42 growths gone and new skin was all over her. Are you her husband? Yes. And Jesus told me in no uncertain terms, he said, if you will curse the roots of those growths on your daughter's body, they will die and disappear if you will believe and not doubt. You know what he told me? Now listen closely, husband. Jesus said, and I've been praying for five years and I get nothing. He said, you are the head of your house. Now listen closely. I want you to listen. He said, you are the head of your house. Why do you put up with those growths on her body? He asked me another question. Son, how long are you going to put up with them? And I went, he said, well, if you'll curse the roots of them in my name, they will die and disappear uh, if you'll believe and not doubt. I started to leave him. He said, now don't doubt, son. Don't doubt. And they will die like the fig tree did when I cursed it. And boy, I watched myself real close. I refused to doubt, and I would thank Almighty God every day in Jesus' name. And after about 40 days of thanksgiving going up to heaven, after about 40 days of thanksgiving going up to heaven, after about 40 days of thanksgiving going up to heaven, all of a sudden like the wind swept in my house and swept over my daughter's body and wiped them all off and made her a pretty sweet girl with smooth skin all over her. After 40 days of thanksgiving, 
Everybody say after. after. Always remember, it, it, nothing comes before. Nothing. In Jesus' name, the devil is a liar, honey. The devil is a liar. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now stretch your hand out here. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I curse every root of this affliction in Jesus' name, and I command the roots of it to die, and I command this thing to turn her body loose. I break all the chains loose, and I command this thing in Jesus' name to loose her and come out of her. I command her to be free in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I command her to be free. I command her to be free in Jesus' name. It's okay, just lay her down. That's right. All right. Now give me, you come, honey. And you come. And you get on each side of her and lay your hands upon her while I minister some others and just pray in the spirit. Now give me one other lady. You come, honey. Put your hand on her on her tummy right here. Let's kneel down here and just pray in the spirit. Always remember this. When you pray in the Holy Ghost, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit will get the will of God for the saints. You understand that? The will of God for the saints. Now just pray in the spirit. Don't do anything else. Don't cast devils out. Don't get carried away. Just pray in the Holy Ghost. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Everybody say, thank you, Lord, for healing her. The devil is a liar. That disease is a lie. Jesus is truth. All right, bless the name of the Lord. Now then, I still, pastors, now pastors, when, when we go off, you can give an invitation to your church. Stand up front, n- not now, but when you go off and give an invitation to minister to your own people the way you want to. But I need your help. I need you to stretch your hands out here at me and help me because there's a lady here that her son was killed and she has oppression and it won't leave her and she wants to be ministered to. Would you please come and let me minister to you? I got a card here. Your son was killed, and you need to be prayed for. The devil is a liar, honey. You have a right, darling, to have a clear mind. I'm so sorry, sweetheart, that your son was killed. But Jesus said, I will be a son to you. Jesus loves you, honey. And you have to understand this. Life has to go on. And I know it's sad sometimes and lonely. Real sad and real lonely. But life has to go on. And the devil means to buffet you if he possibly can and mess you up. But he's not going to mess this lady up. Her mind has a right to be totally clear. She has a right to be totally clear from oppression. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Holy Spirit's already helping you, honey. Holy Spirit's already helping you in Jesus' name. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, spirit of oppression, I bind you in Jesus' name, and I command you, obey me. I command you, obey me in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and come out of her. I command you, go from her mind completely in Jesus' name. I claim the joy of the Lord to come to her and fill her body full of the Holy Ghost. Fill her body full of the joy of the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord, for doing it for her. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, blessed Holy Spirit of God, for ministering to her. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. All right, now just do what I tell you and don't be afraid. Turn right around here. Do what I tell you and don't be, just don't be afraid. The Lord said, when you confess me and confess your faith publicly, it pleases the Lord and he'll do more for you. Right in front of the whole world that's watching because there's a lot of lonely people out there. I want you to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For touching me tonight. For touching me tonight. And giving me peace of mind. And giving me peace of mind. And making me whole. And making me whole. I love you, Jesus. 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 Now also, let me tell you something, congregation. Pure old-fashioned love is one of the greatest healers in all of the world. Yes. Now, you have a lot of love, honey? You have a lot of love in you? You have a lot of love? This lady says, I do. <laughs> all right. I don't want you to be in a hurry. This is a house of God. I want you three ladies to come up here hug this woman and just put your arms around her and just stand right here together just like you got good sense and pray for a little while. 